May the peace of our Lord be with you. Simon and Andrew, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, James and Thaddeus, Simon and Judas. These twelve Jesus sent out with instruction. And this morning, with many of our brothers and sisters around the globe, We've read these instructions from the Gospel of Matthew. I didn't hear the Northminster family of faith in that list. I didn't hear Abel, Adams, Aiden, Wiley, Yates, Yelverton. But we can't help but listen in. And since those words have traveled across the span of 2,000 years, and made their way into the Bible that we hold in our hand, we can't help but hear them as instructions for us. And if these instructions are for us, then some of them are quite challenging. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, we don't often witness these flashy miracles, and even when we do, we might find ourselves skeptical of them. Jesus has authorized the Twelve to do the same things that he has done. But if we take a step back, we recognize that Jesus is commanding his disciples to heal and to liberate. And though that brings its own set of challenges, it is a calling that we can at least wrap our minds around. According to Caroline Lewis, healing and liberation should not sound new to the disciples either. They function as a summation of Matthew's Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, from which all discourse on discipleship originates. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and cast out demons could double for Jesus' own resume. Discipleship, then, means to be like Jesus in word and in action. There are among these instructions that which is confusing. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. Doesn't that sound like a narrowing of the good news? And why is it that I always wind up preaching Jesus at his most challenging? I've faced down such zingers as, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs, and anyone who follows me must hate his mother and father and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample and maul you. And even Jesus's temple tantrum. We can give thanks for the Bible's varied voices for just a few chapters after we hear this confusing speech. We read the words that we read last week, 
Go into all the world and make disciples. Words also spoken by Jesus, which indicate we might read the present instruction not as a narrowing of the good news, but as a focusing of the gospel work. There are instructions that feel like balm in light of all that the disciples faced. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Jesus told his disciples to be both shrewd and harmless as he sent them out to preach. Heal and cast out demons in his name. He asked them to balance being smart with not doing harm as they were going out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Go, heal, and give. Jesus warned his disciples that when they went out, they might face persecution, but that they should trust and seek out the hospitality of strangers, as was ancient Middle Eastern custom. He told them to travel light and not make reservations, but to look for people who would take them in. After warning them that some might not welcome them, he says, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Sometimes it might be easier if Jesus had said to run away and hide, but Jesus didn't. And so we must consider when we let fear stand in the way of following. We must be aware that sometimes sheep are wrapped in wolves' clothing. We must let God guide us in wisdom and innocence so that we might go and heal and give in the name and spirit of Jesus. We must practice wisdom and innocence. Among Jesus' instructions, there are those that are encouraging. Do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. Trust me when I say I prayed fervently this week that those words were specifically meant for me. The spirit of your father will speak through you. On this day when many will celebrate and remember our fathers, we can recognize this phrase of instruction as a gift that God's care for God's children extends even to the words we speak. Sometimes the Spirit gets credit for saying things that the Spirit didn't or wouldn't say. However, in all those moments, when we use our words to speak God's love into a situation, or to proclaim the good news, or to stand up for and sit down with those whom Jesus would stand up for and sit down with, we can recognize the Spirit speaking through us. There are instructions to which our souls respond with thanksgiving. Proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near. In the verses leading up to this sending, we hear that Jesus looked out on the crowds that gathered 
to cure the sick, to see him cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. He looked out on them with compassion, and it is out of that compassion that he sent the disciples out to declare the kingdom of God come near. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of scarcity. It is a kingdom of abundance. It is not a kingdom of war, but a kingdom of creation. It is not a kingdom of despair, but a kingdom of hope. We can't help but rejoice when we consider that our calling is to declare that that kind of kingdom exists. Nestled in among the challenges and that which could be confusing, among the instructions of encouragement and wisdom, and among those that elicit thanksgiving, is what was, until this week, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. The one scripture, well, three, if you count that it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I felt 100% certain that I could keep without question. The scripture that I felt confident I could point to and say, see, look, I got this every single day. Tucked away in verse 11 is this little gem. Whatever town or village you enter, stay there until you leave. <laughs> stay there until you leave. That seemed really simple. It even seemed like something silly for Jesus to say. A good joke, the kind you might use to begin a sermon. Which is why I started writing about it when I was sitting at my desk thinking about what I might say today. I had read all of the commentaries and the blogs and the journal articles that I would normally read in preparing a sermon, but I didn't have a real clear direction. I remembered my preaching professor saying something like, when you're stuck, just sit down and write whatever comes to mind. You may throw it all out, and sometimes you probably should, but it also might bring the wind of the Spirit. And what do you know? As I was writing out a joke about that phrase, stay there until you leave, I saw those words in a fresh way. In a world filled with so many demands on our time, the pull of all of our responsibilities, with calendars at our fingertips and on our wrists, and instant and constant communication. With the constant hum of noise in our homes and in our cars, at work and at school, with the current of perpetual sound that is the background of our lives. With all that noise and need, it can be hard to stay present in any place for any amount of time, much less to stay there until we leave. Our bodies are busy and our minds are full, but sometimes we long to be present to God's calling in our lives. Jesus' sending of the disciples guides us there. 
Stay there until you leave. Stay there with whomever Jesus has called you to help heal and liberate. Focus your work so that you might do that which God has specifically called you to do. Stay wherever that is until you have spoken the words that the Spirit has given you to speak. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves so that you might have the courage and compassion to stay until you leave. Stay until you have proclaimed that God's kingdom has come near. This makes me think about all the places where Northminster has showed up to stay until we leave. The family of faith called Northminster has stayed in the work of worship and friendship, leadership, and reconciliation. Sometimes God calls us to a certain work for a certain amount of time. But more often, I think God transforms the work that we do so that we might continue to learn and grow and lean into that work over the course of our lives and over the course of the life of our congregation. Stay there until you leave. Those are as much the words of friendship as they are the words of sending. Jesus did not send the disciples out alone. He sent them out in pairs. Jesus does not send us out alone either. He sends us with the Spirit and with one another so that we might be God's redemptive people in the world. But he also sends us out to find those who would walk alongside us, those who would join us in healing and liberating those who would unite us, unite with us so that our focused work might be multiplied, those who would speak the words of the Spirit and lean into courage and compassion with us, those who would magnify the voices proclaiming God's kingdom has come near, those who would stay with us until we leave. So among all those words, we find that simple phrase, stay there until you leave. Stay there until you leave. The kingdom of God is eternal after all. Amen.